Hi, I'm Al Tharp. And I'm Kim Vu. Welcome to Vietnola, the show about being Vietnamese in New Orleans. Coming to you from the Phanoi Viet Restaurant, located at 2005 Magazine Street, here in the Lower Garden District. Xin chào quý vị. Đây là bài Vietnola, chương trình pháp hàng về cộng đồng Việt Nam ở New Orleans, từ nhà hàng phố Nội Viet, ở số 2004 Magazine ở quận Lower Garden. Today on the show, we've got some ancient wisdom, some lessons on being a polite Vietnamese person, news, and a conversation with our guest, Q Tran, joining us from on the road in New York City. Born and raised in the Versailles neighborhood of New Orleans East, Q Tran is the daughter of Vietnamese immigrants who came to this country with virtually nothing. After winning a mock Iron Chef competition while studying at LSU, it didn't take this 25-year-old very long to realize that she had potential. From there, Q started her bakery, Chasing Wang, in which she sold cakes and macaroons using a Facebook page for marketing. Her hard work has quickly paid off. Q is the winner of Chef's Move, a highly competitive scholarship program created by celebrity chef John Besh. Thanks to Chef's Move, Q will be attending the International Culinary Center in New York City with a week's study in France, tuition, travel, and housing paid for by the program. She joins us now from New York City en route to fulfilling her dreams of becoming a professional pastry chef. Hi, Q. How are you doing? Hi, how are you? Great. Great. So have you started your program in New York yet? I start tomorrow. Yeah, and when did you arrive there? I arrived on Thursday of, yeah, Thursday. First time in New York City? It is my first time. It's very exciting to just be in the city, being around, like, eclectic people and being around such cultured, such a cultured environment. Is this... I, I noticed from your bio this you lived in New Orleans all your life, born and raised. Is that right? Yes, it is. Is this the first time living out of Louisiana for you? Um, yes. <laughs> and you missing home yet? Uh, not yet. Good. Maybe in a few <laughs> weeks. <laughs> and what neighborhood are you staying in in New York City? I'm living in the area of Soho and Chinatown, so it's in a very good area. Excellent. First impressions, what, what do you like so far about New York? I like how everywhere you go, there's good food. Every corner. <laughs> it's it's so like true. something different and something unique. Sp um, spoken like a true chef. Yeah. <laughs> I also like how I love doing the touristy stuff here. For the past few days, we've been taking bus tours and walking around the city, and it's been it's been really fun. And are you with other students like yourself uh, in the program? Are they from Louisiana? What's the situation there? I am. I've been. Uh, I'm rooming with Lissandra Robinson, who is the culinary winner. And we've been touring the city with um, Jessica Bride, who created the the scholarship. Oh, excellent! And how many how many people won this competition? Um, before me and Lissandra, there was there have been three other people. So it's this year it's wow. me and Lissandra. The year before that it was Kelvin and Chris, and the year before that it was Serena. Wow. So tell, tell us a little bit of, about the process of winning this scholarship. What did you have to do and what kind of competitive situation was it? 
Uh, funny thing is, I heard about the scholarship three days before the scholarship um, applications were due. Oh my goodness. So there's like this long form, that, it's not long, but it's a good bit of questions that you have to fill out and you have to get recommendation letters from professionals or personal recommendation letters. So you have to fill it out, turn it in. It's really easy. It's just basically filling out a form, tell it, expressing who you are, trying to get them to give you your first interview. That's basically it. And then um, I turned mine in, and then a few days later, I got a call from Jessica Bride uh, asking me to go into my first interview, and I interviewed with Jessica and Emery Whalen. It was... It was pretty nerve-wracking just because it was my first interview with the foundation. Did and then... You, did you have to bring any samples of your product? No, I didn't, but they did look up my page, my Chasing Wang page. <laughs> and tell us a little more about Chasing Wang, how you got that started. I started that because I was at the point in my life where I didn't want to go to law school or pursue. Good choice. <laughs> <laughs> I did go to law school, actually, in New York City. So I'll, I'll tell you now you made the right decision. But go ahead. <laughs> so I wanted to prove to myself and my family and the community that I had the drive and the talent to do what I to do pastry. So I started the Chasing Wang Facebook to raise money for pastry school one day. And from there, people just saw pictures and they started ordering. They started giving me community support. So did you not have an actual physical shop? You just started this bakery out of your house and marketed it? I baked it. it. Yes. I created the, um, the bakery from my, my apartment, from my college my college apartment and my house in New Orleans. So it's like, it was made from like um, a regular oven, small kitchen. <laughs> you have the true resourcefulness of a true Vietnamese girl, I'll tell you what. <laughs> They're, the cakes look beautiful on your Facebook page. I was Thank so you. impressed and how, the colors too. How did you discover your, your passion for pastries? If one may coin a phrase. <laughs> I've always loved baking. Um, my I grew up from a family who loves to cook and loves to eat. But I've always been the one who like made desserts in the family. Sweet tooth. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and are your folks culinary people as well? Or do they have a restaurant? Or No, actually my mom works in the law area. And my dad works for a company that builds... Uh, ships for the Navy and the Army. Oh, okay. And you just decided you wanted to go into the food business. I did. Now, you, you won a competition while at LSU, is that correct? Yes, I did. It was the Iron Chef competition. What did you make for that competition? I was in charge of the dessert. Um, I made a <laughs> banana. The secret ingredient was banana, and I made a banana bread pudding with a creme brulee top and a banana foster. <laughs> I think you just made me and my co-host drool on our microphone. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds amazing. Now, I, I grew up in a pretty strict Vietnamese household, probably like yourself. How did they react when you told them you did not want to go to graduate school? 
I was prolonging telling them for the longest time. Because you didn't want them to go to the hospital from a heart attack, right? <laughs> so I kind of just started chasing Wang as a way of telling them, hey, I wanted to I want to go to pastry school. I just started posting pictures and baking stuff and then I, when they saw like how many people supported me, they kind of just climbed on the bandwagon the bandwagon and they supported me. So yeah. Do you have siblings? I have two brothers. Okay. I'm the only girl. Are they are they in some kind of graduate program or did they go through some kind of graduate program? Yes, my brother is a pharmacist and my younger brother is in school right now. He's um he's an undergrad trying to get into optometry school. Okay, so they got their they got their <laughs> doctors. They got their doctors. <laughs> I mean, you know, some could say you're the American dream, but I actually think you're the Vietnamese American mm -hmm. dream. The one who broke out of the kind of white collar boring mm -hmm. trades and tried something artistic and, and definitely <laughs> found, has found success. When do you travel to France? I travel to France at the end of my school year, which is in May of 2014. So it's a two year program. Actually, the French intensive in France is only a week long because our program is nine months and they okay, teach you so much like French-based stuff. So you're going to France just to experience um, the culture and how, and, you're, and I'm visiting certain bakeries and certain ways they make chocolate. So it's just more of like an overall experience thing. Can you fit people in your suitcase for the chocolate <laughs> tour? That sounds amazing. <laughs> That's big luggage. You might fit. <laughs> <laughs> and after this, what are your plans? Do you want to come home, come back home to New Orleans? What, what, do you, have you made any decisions on the future yet? Yes, I want to come back to New Orleans. Um, New Orleans is my home. I want to come back and be able to give back to my community and to show the younger, the youth, the Vietnamese youth in particular, that they can go after what they want. They don't have to fit the mold of being a doctor or a lawyer. <laughs> Amen. So, yeah. I love your message already. <laughs> Aside from your delicious pastries, <laughs> I will be your hearty, hearty, and probably fat in the future customer who will always be there. <laughs> and do you want to open up a shop? Are you thinking in New Orleans East, or would you like to be on this side of the river? Or? I will be interning with the Jeff, uh, the John Bash Restaurant Group for two months first, oh, and then working probably in the kitchens in New Orleans just to experience and learn more. But mm -hmm. ultimately, I want to open up a New Orleans bakery that has that fuses New Orleans and the French, New Orleans and the Vietnamese mm. awesome. culture. That sounds great. Actually, there's quite a bit, there's a quite a long history of French-trained pastry chefs in Vietnam. Um, I don't know how familiar you are with that history, but a lot of folks trained, a lot of folks before uh, 1975 or before 1965 would go to Paris and to train and then come back to Vietnam, which is why there's French bread as our beng mi, you know? Yes. So, are you are you any good at making French bread, that kind of baguette? Um, not as of yet, but mm. it's a part of our curriculum. So maybe in nine months I will be. <laughs> so it's it's not just uh, dessert pastries; it's breads and the whole gamut of quiche. <laughs> you're learning sugar sugar work, um, mm. breads, chocolate, mm. cakes, 
Tarts, Cookies. It's a very comprehensive, comprehensive program. So I've already seen what you're able to do. Very refined stuff. Very beautiful stuff. And I hear you taught yourself from YouTube. University of YouTube. Is that correct? <laughs> yes, I'm a graduate of YouTube. Um, <laughs> I YouTube is a very good source in learning. Just like learning... When I find a recipe online and I don't know how to do it, I go on YouTube because there's a lot of people, there's a lot of chefs who have videos on there who show you how to do it. And um, it's a, I wouldn't say it's the best source, but it's a good starting source to teach you. And cookbooks and blogs as well, I take it? I do. I do. I love cookbooks and I love blogs. You know, they, have, they're a good source. I have a confession to make. I wanted to become a baker moving here i had this dream of Come having on, this, this is true actually i would never have told my parents unless i had already had the shop up and running um <laughs> but i had dreams when i i was actually a lawyer in alaska and i got a little burnout in my job and i had thought about taking my retirement coming here and opening up like a cafe with pastries because the actually it costs so little to make croissants i mean pennies you know for each one yet it's you know no one drops an eye by paying three dollars for one and now i know why because it's so difficult it is (laughs) so easy for things to go wrong coming to um actually the owners of the restaurant just brought us our lunch i wish you could be here to join us me too. Um. <laughs> Al, do you want to describe for Q what we have before us? We have a beautiful fried rice dish with looks like beef and shrimp and chicken, correct? Yeah, it does. With some cilantro on top. Topped with cilantro and cucumbers yes. and cucumbers. Uh, green, yes, yeah, sliced green onions. Looks delicious. And there looks like the seasoning is probably a combination of nook mum, our fish sauce. The Viennese fish sauce and probably a little bit of soy and there's some onions. Q, I wish you could be here with us. That sounds delicious. I might have to run to Chinatown to get some food. (laughs) (laughs) You'll be well taken care of where you are, I'm sure. Uh, But yeah, no, I I love the fact that it takes a real art and skill to bake correctly. And I'm amazed at how much humidity can really destroy you. In, in baking yes <laughs> it's cr- it's crazy <laughs> have you noticed a difference in trying to make anything in new york versus new orleans or is it actually it maybe sounds like you're having tropical weather up there humid or yeah. yourself i have yet to make anything um yet that would require that would be inhibited by the humidity in New York, mm-hmm. but in New Orleans, you know how one day you would wake up and it's winter, one day you would wake up and it's summer? Absolutely. Uh-huh. Um, I've made macaroons before where I, one day it would take me 20 minutes to let the macaroons dry out, and then the next day it would make me, it will take me like an hour and a half. So, oh yeah, <laughs> the humidity really does play into you baking. That's amazing. Well, we're going to bring you into the next segment, and you've already participated by giving me a favorite little tidbit of yours. We call it Vietiquette, and it is our opportunity to teach Al about the culture that you and I come from and what's normal and what's not normal or what's kind of 
frowned upon or giggled at. And we discussed slurping last week, if I recall. Pro-slurping. Yeah. <laughs> Vietnamese culture is pro-slurping, and Al loved it. I, I fit right in. <laughs> <laughs> this week, I, I really love the component you pointed out about at social gatherings. Do you want to go into that a little bit? Yes. Um, at social gatherings, especially in the Vietnamese culture, it's really funny how like the men would sit on one side and the women would sit on another side. So if you go to church or if you go eat at like a family function, a big extended family function, the women would sit on one side and the men would sit on another. Does this happen in your family? Absolutely. Or is it just a me thing? Oh, no. It's not <laughs> even one side. It's a completely different room. <laughs> it's so bizarre. In a completely different room, it'll be just the husbands. And then in the kitchen or in the living room, it'll be just the wives talking. And I mean, you know, it's so strange because especially, you know, at a certain point, it's not like there was even like an education difference or something. I mean, there's you had like competitive you know, accomplished Vietnamese women deciding to only hang out with women mm. in the kitchen. And it's <laughs> completely normal. And it's sort of mutual with both, both sexes. Oh, the yeah. men go with them and the women just go just Absolutely. by sort of common consent. If anything, I think if one of the men wanted to hang out in the kitchen, everyone would just laugh <laughs> and vice versa. Well, it just would not be kosher in Vietnamese I, culture. Now I would find that difficult being... Uh, inveterate kitchen hanger-outer. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> or I would find that difficult being around so many male musicians all the time. <laughs> if I got kicked out to the other room, no, you can't play music with the men. <laughs> no, I mean, it's just a, a very normal thing. And I always like having guests contribute to this because I grow up and I forget what's normal and what's not. And then you meet other Vietnamese Americans who kind of help you point out these funky little qualities <laughs> about growing up. And, you know, it's not like that's totally... I mean, it's not uncommon, I think, in Caucasian households or cultures to be like that. But it is so down the line, all men and all women mm. in separate rooms. <laughs> so thanks for sharing that with us. You. No problem. Uh, my, my next segment is, we call it Kim's Kazao, and it's, uh, I share a proverb that people will frequently say. Any, any background with proverbs in your, in your family, Q? Proverbs? Mm. Not so much. This is actually less Vietnamese American and more Vietnamese. Like, I lived in Vietnam in the late 90s, and I felt like everyone kept telling me a proverb. But then when I come here, not as common. What about you? It's not really common in my family, per se. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm going to share this one. It is less confusing than Confucius and more fun than a fortune cookie. <laughs> and for this one today, it is, as, as with 90% of Vietnamese proverbs, it involves food. So here it <laughs> goes. It's a metaphor for all of life. Every, yeah, it really is, especially for Vietnamese <laughs> Americans. Con so lam zo noi gang. So literally translated, it means a single worm can spoil the entire pot of soup. Gang um, can mean any kind of soup. Usually it means broth. 
So kind of like, you know, one bad apple can spoil the barrel or... Yes. Just a, yeah, a, a little bit of negativity of any sort can just sort of Be contaminate the, the situation. Yeah. Exactly. So that's the wisdom from the old country <laughs> we have for today. And then words, we... Words to live by, as always. <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> Few words, but we should live by them. Um, and then we also are teaching, we're prepping Al to go visit Vietnam or New Orleans East. So we <laughs> teach him a little bit of Vietnamese every week. New Orleans East will come first, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> and last week we taught him how to say, uh, what did we teach you? My name uh, is, did you study Al? I'm afraid my uh, <laughs> homework, is, the dog ate Let's my homework. How you say <laughs> it. Well, I'm going to, I'll say it for you and then you can, you can yeah. follow. So you got to repeat. Yes. Repetition right, makes you, it. <laughs> okay. And it is Tentoy Lao. Tentoy Lao. Yeah. Okay. I've noticed, Q, that actually Al is very easy to teach Vietnamese because as a musician, he, he picks up on the tones pretty quickly. So that's nice. That's good. Yeah. So uh, as Q will let you, will agree probably, there's some basic questions you get asked. Um, what's your name? What do you do? Next week we'll learn, are you married? Because that will be <laughs> the question, question that no you ask. That's a great question. People really will ask you that. <laughs> <I'm sure. laughs> let me tell you, Q, it happens more often than it needs to for me, okay? And then when you say When they no, add the word yet on the end is when you really want Always it. yet, right? <laughs> for me for the last 10 years. Then when you say no, the natural question for them is, how old are you? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you not married by now? That will come next. But we'll just get to what you do for a living. Okay. So today you're going to learn how to say, I'm a musician. And it um, is, Toy la nyaksi. Toy la nyaksi. Yeah, perfect. So, si uh, is that, that the f accent is which is which means fall. So you make a little more of a toy la nyaksi. Yeah, perfect. Look at that. What a good student I have. He'll be a pro in no time. Exactly. <laughs> we'll, we're working on it. Once you can explain why you're not married and that it's okay, then you'll be, you'll be able to travel very easily in Vietnam. Well, that's Vietnam for today. Thank you so much for joining us at home, on your phone, wherever you are, and whatever you're doing. And a very special thanks to today's guest, Q Tran. Our shows, thank you. Thank you, Q. Our show is produced by Kim Vu, Al Tharp, and Grant Morris. Our technical director is Chris Kehoe. Our web guru is Dr. Cliff Brigden. Our theme song, Four Step De Milo, was written by Taylor Smith and performed by the Swamp Lilies. And the fabulous audio quality of this show is brought to you in part by PreSonus Audio Electronics. PreSonus makes some of the best audio recording and live sound products, including Studio One Music Production Software. Studio Live Digital Mixing Consoles, Eris Studio Monitors, and much more. Visit www.presonus.com for more information. You can follow us on Twitter at It's New Orleans. You can like us on Facebook, we're at It's New Orleans, and you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. Also, Q, is there a way we can follow you and what you're doing and, and your progress in your, in your program? Yes, you can. I'm sorry, you can follow me on Facebook at um, Chef Gyo Tran, 
or on Instagram at it's Katrian, which is I T S K A T R A N. Great. You can listen to our other Vietnola shows on our website, itsneworleans.com, as well as our other shows, Happy Hour, Out to Lunch, Mindset, True the Game, and Midnight Menu Plus One. Keep up with all kinds of fun happenings here at Vietnola by getting on our mailing list. Sign up on our website, itsneworleans.com. Vietnola was recorded today at Phanoi Viet, 2005 Magazine Street in the Lower Garden District. If you'd like to be a guest on a Vietnola show, we'd love to have you. Drop us a line. You'll find all the info on our website. Vietnola is produced by INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com. For Kim Vu and everyone here at Vietnola, thanks for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you back here around the table at Phanoi Viet next week for our next episode of Vietnola. Till then, I'm Al Tharp. And I'm Kim Vu. Bye-bye, all. Bye-bye. You know Labor Day signals the unofficial end of summer, but not the end of your outdoor projects. Lowe's helps you do it right and helps you save with Labor Day deals throughout the store. Shop now and get two bags of Stay Green Potty Mix for $12. And keep your lawn looking neat and trim with a Craftsman 2-Cycle 17-inch gas string trimmer now $20 off at just $119. Whatever's still on your to-do list this Labor Day, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 828. Soil offer excludes Alaska and Hawaii, U.S. only.